It's great to be here with you today on our podcast, His Heartbeat, a ministry of Crown of Beauty International, where your questions about life's challenges are explored through God's Word so He can renew and restore us in the truth of His love. His Heartbeat for you. Let's get started. Here's our host and good friend, Sue Coral. Welcome back, everybody, to His Heartbeat. It's so great to be back here again, and I have the pleasure of talking to Marnie Swedberg. We were supposed to talk to y'all last week, but she got hit by the hurricane in Florida, right? How did that work out for you, Marnie? Oh, we are so grateful, Sue. It went south of us, and we were it was supposed to hit us, so we had prepared. Everything was up in our house, including our stove and our dishwasher were on top of our counters. And I mean, everything was up. It was a ton of work to get ready. And then we evacuated and then we were able to come back to a home that was not damaged. We had fences down and things like that, but no structural or water damage. So we are singing praises and we are praying very much for those who lost loved ones and who are, you know, lost everything really. If it would have been a direct hit here, we would have lost everything. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you, Lord, for that. But yes. we're definitely praying for others. I remember <laughs> being in a terrible typhoon actually in the Philippines. And we actually went out, our whole family, and lifted a car <laughs> because it was gonna get swept down the street. And we managed oh. to get it up on the bank. And so we didn't wow. It's amazing what you can do in these situations. It is, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Marnie, you have done so many things. You have launched 28 businesses abroad. You could talk about that. Just you put together a women's speakers directory. You have a radio program. You've been on magazines. You've been on television programs. What's your favorite thing? There you go to doing all this or right now in this season, we'll say. You know, I never feel more alive than when I'm standing in front of an audience of women who are God seekers or God lovers, and I'm watching light bulbs just go on (laughs) in their eyes. Their eyes are just like, they get huge and they're like, what? How come I didn't know this before? Where have you been all my life? You know, like that. And God has just really given me a gift of sharing deep spiritual truths through stories and analogies and a lot of riveting stories. I mean, my history is full of kind of traumatic events mm-hmm. uh, like fires and floods and tornadoes and ambulance rides and surgeries, sudden death in the family, cancer in the family, uh, burglaries, all kinds of things. And so I've got a lot of stories to tell. And as I'm telling the stories and telling and sharing my analogies, God is working in the hearts of the listeners to help them understand just how awesomely big he is, how much he loves us. And that even when we're going through the most horrific situations, it is better because he's with us. And it doesn't mean that everything's easy or whatever. We had to just go through all of this work of the hurricane and nothing happened. Okay. Well, praise God, nothing happened. Right. But it was a ton of work before and after. And so life is difficult. Life is hard, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, we've got this Jesus who just loves on us and God who blesses us and protects us and provides even when we're in the midst of the storm. Amen. And I love how he redeems all these things. Yes. That's very much a part of our crown of beauty ministry, Marnie. And, you know, everybody, on my show's heard my story, but how he takes 
things that were so challenging and then he can redeem it to bring healing and help to others. So for Mm -hmm. those of you who are really struggling out there, I just, you know, Marty and I just want to encourage you how God and his kindness trusts us that he, it's hard going through. I'm not saying, oh, okay, I'm fine. I don't mean that by any means. And our heart goes out to you. And, you know, if you want us to pray for you, go on our website, crownofbeautyinternational.com and send up prayer requests. We'll pray for you. But yeah, just know that God is amazing. Not that he causes these calamities, but how he's able, right, for Marty to just turn these things And then we can use it to help others who are struggling and hurting and bring help and healing to them. And that is a wonderful feeling. Yeah. It is so comforting. And I, I have a prayer that I start every morning. So I get up and I have a daily routine, Sue, that I do. And then as I go through the morning, I get on the elliptical runner. And when I'm beginning my prayer on the elliptical runner, I usually start with this. God, it is with so much gratitude and relief Mm. that I release, forgive, and redeem every last thing that has not, does not, or will not feel like it's for my good. Amen. Because he is the God. He's the king that redeems it all. And I don't have to worry if it doesn't feel like it's for my good today. He's going to bring something good out of it. I had a season of time years ago where I was so discouraged and I was just trying to, I was trying to do good. I was trying to follow God. I was trying to listen and I just kept mucking things up. And I remember kind of hitting a wall and I I got very discouraged. And I just decided that before I got out of bed every day going forward, and I did it for about a year before I got out of bed, I would just say, God, the only reason I'm getting out of bed today is is because you're going to take my mistakes, my missteps, and my misspoken words, and you're going to turn them into beautiful flower gardens. And that's why I can get out of bed today. And you saw those flower gardens come, I'm sure. Well, right. You see the manure, right? You see what you're bringing to the table, what I'm bringing to the table. And then I see what God does with the little I bring or the icky I bring even. And Mm. it just takes my breath away that he would ever choose to use me. Like that just is mind bending to me that the God of the universe would choose to use me. I mean, how amazing is that? And you spoke about like mishaps, mistakes, misspoken, and those things can be really painful to others. But even that y'all, he can he can heal that. We can trust that if we, I like those words you use, re- release, say it again. The four R's? Yeah. <laughs> or yeah, my four R's, you, are, you recognize you got a problem, you release them to God, you receive his reciprocal gift, which is usually a fruit of the spirit. And then you just rejoice and you say, thanks. You know, I mean, that's what, that's what we're spending our day doing. Oh, you, you were meaning during my prayer in the morning, I release, forgive, and redeem for eternal good. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And and even forgiveness, I always teach us, is not saying, oh, it's okay what no. they did. It's, it's releasing it to God because he is the God who judges. And he's fair and he's faithful and he's righteous and he's holy and he yeah. will deal with it. When we try to, by holding back our anger or or releasing our anger on people it never leads to a good result but when we release it to god and we trust that our loving god that he will 
you know, that he'll deal with this. Judgment comes, you know, we don't have to, to whiplash at people, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Right. I love that word release. Well, you know, um, Marnie, I did initially as I came in contact with you and saw the wonderful things that you speak on, one of the things was applying God-given passions to everyday mm-hmm. life. And I find, okay, before we totally launch into that, can we kind of define passions? Because mm. I'm all about, I'm a very passionate person and I'm all about what you just, this title, <laughs> but I know some, I remember a boss that I had one time did the opposite talk where you shouldn't follow your passions because they'll get you into trouble. Mm, yes. Good to define this first. Exactly. So, so when God uh, created you in your mother's womb, he strung together 3 billion base pair of DNA to make you a specific way. And you are like no one else on the planet. And when he was stringing together your 3 billion base pair of DNA, what what was in there? Some of what was in there was how you look, of course, but a lot of what was in there is your aptitudes, the things that interest you, why you love purple and somebody else loves red. You know, I mean, all of these things were woven into who we were before we were born and our whole life we spend discovering them. Mm-hmm. And what tends to happen is when we minimize what God has done by creating us so specifically, then we think we should try to look like somebody else or be like somebody else or do it like somebody else. And that really crushes the spirit. I, I do a little thing where I kind of help people understand this. So the bicycle that won the race thought he was really awesome until he saw a, a race car go by. And then he's like, and then the race car thought he was really awesome because he won the Grand Prix until he saw, until he saw a jet go overhead. He's like, oh man, I'm earthbound, you know, and the jet plane's feeling pretty good about himself until he sees a rocket ship. Right. And then the rocket ship's feeling like really great because he's out of space and he's, he's the highest and the best until he sees a shooting star. If we're trying to be something that God did not create us to be. Mm -hmm. Then what happens is that all of that passion that God has built inside of us to love him, to serve him, to be his hands and feet and his arms and his voice in the world right now, that's why he created us was to have this relationship with us where we're, we're being how he created us. And so it would be like, if you had two children and they just, the one just couldn't be themselves at all. They just wanted to be the other child. And all they ever tried to do was be the other child. And you're like, but you're not the other child. You're, you're just be you, be you. I love you. Uh, I brought you in the world to have a second child, not to have another duplicate of the first one. (laughs) So God wants us to acknowledge that he built us with longings and desires inside of us. So the person you heard talk on the other aspect of things was our fleshly desires. That came after the fall, then after sin came into the world, then we have these passions and drives and desires of the flesh that are not in alignment with actually who God created us to be. They're false. And Mm -hmm. and I, I even call them mirages. They look so real when you're going for it. You know, it looks like, oh, that must be it. (laughs) But then when you get there, it's nothing but desert or a tar road. And so those are what you want to watch out for is the false, the false passions that come from a fallen world and a fallen self. But yeah, the passions God put in you, those are his gift to you. And and those are meant to actually 
those are meant to actually delight you and to delight everyone that knows you. Yeah. So it's when we have these longings that we can run to those wrong passions, right? But if we're living in the God-given passions, then we're going to feel fulfilled and those longings will be fulfilled. God fulfills those longings as he works through those passions, right? In our life. Right. Yeah. And I always think that the main, the main problem is that we really don't understand deeply how specific God was when he created us. Mm. You, you are so not an accident. And I know that the world tells you that you're just an accident, but you are not an accident. Not only are you not an accident, you were designed like piece by piece, little cell by cell by God himself to be who you are. And he's so excited for you to step fully into who he created you to be. But that takes courage, right, Sue, because there's nobody else like you. And so who are you going to be like, you know, who are you going to follow? Who are you going to trust to tell you what to do? And that's again, where the Holy Spirit comes in and we go to God and we say, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? <laughs> yeah. there It keeps bringing up in my head, like a red light warning for parents. I saw this a lot when I lived over in China and I was working a lot with the parent teacher organization and how many parents, we were at a private school, Christian school, but they were like, oh, my kid has to go to Harvard. That was just something sought after among a lot of the parents. And I'd be like, really? Why? Like, is that what you want your kid to do so right. that you'll look like a, a good parent? Or is this mm-hmm. really what God wants for this child? Mm-hmm. And otherwise, you're pushing them into something that's not going to utilize their passions their God-given passions, but is your God-given passions, you know, or your God-given, maybe not even God-given desires, your desire to be thought well of by other parents. So I think as a parent, a lot of parenting should be around helping to develop our children in the areas that God has created them to be and helping them discover it. Like as a parent, We often see that. I know I saw that and could name it way before my son could see it. He just knew he loved movies. But I would say, you love movies. Lots of kids love movies. But you're different. You have an eye to recognize every little detail in that movie and what is special or not special, what what blends, how the music blends, how the, the visuals, everything. You're gifted, you you know, and here he is a screenwriter, you know. Right, right. Um, you know, and my daughter, she to her, she just thought, oh, I'm just friendly. And I'm like, you're not just friendly. You're <laughs> out there coaching your little friends. They're lining up <laughs> counseling with you when you're eight years old. You know, there's Love something that. where you're right. created to really help others. And sure enough, she's in that industry as well, in that industry. So yeah, I I love that. So, okay, so let's start there. How can someone begin to discover their passions? What would you say is an exercise to do? Right. So I think going back to what you were talking about, you as a parent were able to see that. And there is the principle that we can't give away something we don't have. If um, they're starving children and they need a million dollars to meet this crisis uh, and I don't have a million dollars, I can't give them a million dollars. Plain and simple. If I've never learned how to 
uh, recognize God's hand in my own life, it's very difficult for me to help my children recognize that, right? Mm, It actually has to start with me. Mm. If I'm hoping to extend grace to somebody, I have to start by receiving grace from God myself. Okay. So we have to start with us. And it begins with, it begins with studying scriptures in the Bible, like Psalm 139, where he talks about how he created you and that he's thinking of you as many as the sand is on the seashore. That's how many thoughts he has toward you and that you are not a mistake, that you are so precious in his sight. Other scriptures that talk about how beautiful you are and God's creation and how he has, he has brought you into the world for such a time as this. Like Esther says, you are placed here right now because that's when God knew he needed you on earth right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, why were you born to your parents and why do you have whatever skin color you have or whatever eye color you have or how tall you are? All of those things were in God's design for you. And the more that you get comfortable with that and, and, and relaxing into and not only just acknowledging it, but embracing it, mm-hmm. I am the daughter of the king of the universe. I am created in the image of God. I am uniquely precious to him. And all of those things sound just exactly like pride, except that it takes so much humility to get there. <laughs> because Actually, we're not bragging about anything. We're just saying the truth of the amazing gift of God. And then we look at our fallen selves and we're like, well, how does this all work out? Because I'm not perfect and I don't think God makes junk. So how can I be so imperfect when God created me? And I think this is the place where people's minds kind of fry on it and they just stop going here because it doesn't make logical sense. But the thing is, for every greatest strength, there's a greatest weakness. And I don't believe that that was true before the fall, but now it is true. And for every, like, I am a super duper organized person. I mean, I am so organized and I love everything just really, really organized. And I think that's a lot of the reason I can get so much done is because I start by organizing things. And then when it's time to run, I just bloom, 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 do it all. And right. so what happens though with an organized person is the greatest weakness is inflexibility. Because I've got it all lined up. Now, why would we want to mess it all up? That thing that I had all set up. You see what I'm saying? Whatever your greatest strength is, you're going to have a greatest weakness. And instead of saying, this is such a bad thing, this greatest weakness, we want to say, this is where I get to really experience the grace of God is in this greatest weakness. And that gives me so much compassion and grace toward people who don't have any organizational brain in their body. I mean, they're just so disorganized, but yet because I recognize, okay, but they have other strengths that I don't have. They have this weakness, but they have strengths that I don't have. And as we work together, and I always say, God loves body life. As we work together, we see, oh yeah, we need each other. We need all of these strengths and all of these weaknesses are what make us be gracious people instead of being just drivers or Just, you know, we can't get anything done because I'm a laid back person. You know, (laughs) we work together and we see how God works. Yes. When you were talking about that with strengths, a couple years ago, I took my team through Strength Finders. Yes. Just y'all can do that. Go on Google, look up Mm -hmm. Strength Finders. I think now it's under the Gallup poll. But anyway, and I love what the premise of that is that. What we tend to do, you talk about your weakness opposite, is we look at the weakness 
And and then we think, oh, okay, well, I better develop that, right? Because yeah, that's that's really really a, a weak area, and that's where we put all our energy. Yeah. And yeah. in this, you discover your strengths, and the premise is that we should put all our energy into our strengths because it's given by God yeah. to serve God. You know, and we're not talking about weaknesses as in sin. We're just talking about, like you said, I'm not organized or am organized, you know. And I think living out our passions, when we live out our passions, we're going to see those strengths bloom. We're going to see them come forth and really bless other people. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to just say something here about that too. So one of the things that I use, especially like in my holiday boot camp, is a, a circle that's a wheel and it has eight sections and it's all the sections of holiday planning. So everything from the tree and the decorations all the way to the entertaining, all the way to the Christmas cards, all the way to the gift buying and purchasing. There's eight categories that affect your holiday season. And if what I have people do is I have you market, you know, like up here is the 10, like I I rock at that. I'm so good at that. And down here is the zero. And it's like, oh, please don't make me do that. Please don't make me do that. <laughs> and what we find though, is if we have this super imbalanced wheel, then we go through the holidays, like kind of clunking along like a bicycle with a flat mm-hmm. and it, it feels really bad. And so what we want to do is we want to bring those weaknesses up to a level of proficiency that is not making our lives feel like we're always, always thunking along, thunk, thunk, thunk. You really can't get much traction when you're doing that. And so you want to let God help you develop those weak areas to the level where you can actually get some traction and get some speed going. And so just ignoring your weak levels, I don't think is the maybe the best way to go. But at the same time, like, I, I don't even think we're able to fix ourselves. I think my, my personal perspective is that living in a fallen body, I'm so broken. I really can't fix myself. Like, it says in the Bible to pick up your cross. You can pick up your cross, but you actually can't crucify. You can't crucify your flesh. No one can crucify themselves. Someone else has to crucify you. It, it, you can't do it. You can't fix yourself. You can't free yourself. You cannot be your own savior. Right. So what we get to do is we get to recognize these weaknesses, position ourselves like we did when we trusted Christ the first time and say, whoa. I need a savior. (laughs) I'm broken and I can't fix it. I need a savior. And so in those broken places, instead of saying that's the real me and that's the me that God sees, not at all. The real you is the areas where you can see that you have strengths and passions that when, like for me personally, when I see a sunset, oh my goodness, I just like, that was God painted that for me. A lot of other people never really even notice sunsets at all. But for me, a sunset is a personal gift from God saying, just like I designed in this specific display tonight for you, that's how I created you. That's how I created your children and everyone you love. So I think that embracing the strength for sure, recognizing the weakness and giving that to God and saying, you know, whatever you want me to learn, however you want me to grow in that, just show me what to do. Show me what to do. Bring people along who can shore me up there, you know, like that. I think it's such a wonderful way to live instead of, like you were saying, instead of beating ourselves up about the weaknesses and focusing on that. And I have to get perfect in that area. Not at all. No. Not at all. And, and God will lead you. I think too, like for me, I recognize those weaknesses and, that's where I look for people to 
to come along. A lot of times that's what he does, isn't it? Yeah. And then I don't just try to like do it all. You know, we shouldn't try to do that. Right. We work together in community. And some people feel like it's a weakness to ask others to help. But the scripture is the exact opposite, right? He says, these are the spiritual gifts, for example. And that we all are to operate in our gifts, but then work together. And then he says, you know, the little baby toe is just as important as the heart or the brain. And Mm -hmm. it's hard to imagine, but that's how God sees it, you know, and we're, we're all important and we all have a role. So looking at what's my role, I know when I try, my pastor's wife is like, please, I need a third grade Sunday school teacher. I'm like, okay. And I was young at that point, and I never worked with kids. I didn't really babysit, I think, once before that. I hated it, Marnie. I was awful at it. (laughs) I was so stressed out, but put me in front of a whole church to lead worship, no problem. Put me in front of a thousand people to lead a conference, no problem. Help me to write materials, no problem. But teaching little eight-year-olds at that time, no. But after I had my own and we needed a Sunday school teacher. Hey, the Lord gave that to me. I love it. Yeah, Yeah. he did because I learned from my own kids. So there might be a time, you know, I learned through being with Campus Safe for Christ, you know, called crew, how to become organized, you know, what you're saying. I thought I I couldn't be, but now I'm highly organized. So you're right. (laughs) You can develop, but anytime you put me in front of financial things, I can do it, but I literally get a headache. That's a right. good sign. It That's is a good sign. sign that this is not your calling. <laughs> and as much as you that. others, <laughs> utilize them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I do love, I do love how God can teach us how to do things we didn't know how to do before or that we were bad at before. But it's not where you should be focusing your attention. It really isn't. It's like focusing your attention as a parent on your child's weakest trait and just harping on it and harping on it. You wouldn't do that to your child or your best friend. Why are you doing it to yourself? Right. Yeah. So I I love how in the very beginning I asked you, I didn't even do this on purpose, but it's interesting. I said, what of all the many things you do, what do you most love? I think that's a great question to ask yourself to discover what Mm -hmm. your passions are. I mean, that Mm -hmm. told me your passion is speaking. It's speaking God's life and word into people. It's seeing transformation in people's character, right? Using your word. Yeah. Yeah. That's it a lot. So that's a question. What other questions or things could we do to become more clear what our passions are? They do a whole mission vision training over at my website, which I like to take people through because it, it does, it spends about an hour and it clarifies a lot of this stuff. But one of the things I love to do is just to identify who you most resonate with. Like if you could only serve one group of people in the whole world, who would it be? I love that question because all of us have somebody like some people, it is literally eight-year-olds. I mean, that really turns their crank and that gets them out of bed every morning. And they're either school teachers or something like that. You know, other, other people, like you said, just not the thing at all. 
you know, you have got a group of people that you are just naturally drawn to. I was just talking earlier today with a gal who's getting ready to go into the strip club with her team this weekend and, and minister to the strippers. And it's like, okay, that's probably not what everybody gets up in the morning to do, wanting to do, you know, (laughs) but that's what her ministry is. And God just has her lit up by wanting to reach these gals who are in compromised situations. And so what is it? Who is it that really, when you pray for them, you cry. When you think of this group of people, you literally, you literally, your lights come on and, and you are engaged. I mean, I, you can, you can almost tell an evangelist by how they respond in a situation where they're hearing a, a call and they're crying. You know I mean? It's like, they're like, this is what I was hoping was going to happen here tonight, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you're going to be able to tell, you know, a lot about what God created you to do by just thinking about who you love the most. Like, where is that passion coming through you? Another one is what do you like to do the most? I do a, I, so I host womenspeakers.com. So I'm working with like 1500 speakers over there and the planners. And one of the things I do is this marketing personality test, because we can spend all kinds of time doing all kinds of marketing things that aren't working and that make you not want to get out of bed in the morning because it's so not you. But if you will take time to find out how God designed you to communicate and what turns your crank, you'll find that marketing is not a drag. Marketing is not a waste. It's fun. And it's actually productive because you're doing it from the from the passions that God has built into your body. And that's going to resonate so much when you put that stuff out there. The people who were meant to find you, it's kind of like a radio station going on on the internet, you know, where people are just flipping around, looking at the la 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 la, going past everything. Nah, 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 nah. And then boom, they see an image or they see a quote or they see something. And it's like, oh, they stop. They read. They like it. They love it. They post something. They say, they say, make a comment. They share it. You know I mean? This was a direct hit for them. Why was that? It's because something about what you were doing resonated with who they are, how, who God created them to be. And those are exactly the people you want to be reaching is mm-hmm. the people that God created you to reach. You don't have to worry about the rest of the billions of people. You can just let God take care of all of that. And God will lead you to the few or the many that he has for you to reach today, this month, this year in your life. That's good. Yeah, another thing I think about when we're operating in our passions, we experience joy. Oh, you, you had said you when do. you speak, then you just light up and you said that <laughs> right. about somebody else. And right. amen. Like I think when I'm really operating in my pa- God-given passions, I am I have energy. You get yeah. energy. It you literally. Do. So the bigger the group for me the more energy. <laughs> I don't know why, you know, the smaller, the less I, I do lots of small group discipleship and I love it, but nothing compares and it's just a God thing. Right. So, yeah. Well, and like, for me, I was, I was thinking, it's kind of interesting as you're talking, I was thinking the next best thing for me after having, after being able to share like that with a large group is to be able to share like this one-on-one with you. This is, this is like a second most favorite thing. And the thing that makes it most favorite is the topic we're talking about. 
Yeah. We are talking about Jesus. And when you get me one-on-one with somebody talking about Jesus, I just can't almost think of anywhere I'd rather be than right there. And so this is just, you know, this is, and, but the thing is that all of you that are listening, you may not be like that. You may be, you may do better in a, in a, a group. I have a sister who we are so alike. It's just uncanny how much we're alike. In fact, I remember one birthday, we lived across the country from each other and I sent her a gift for her birthday and she opened the present while she was at work. She walked out to her secretary and she said, uh, her assistant, and she said, here's the pen I brought for myself yesterday. And here's the pen my sister sent me for my birthday. Same pen. (laughs) (laughs) And yet we are so different in this. Like I just don't do well in small, groups. I can do it. Of course I can do it, but it's not my favorite thing, but her boy, that just lights her fire. You know, she just, that is what turns her crank. So, you know, however you are, don't think it's worse or better than somebody else. It's just how you are. Yeah. And I think our convictions and our values also influence that, you know, like you talk about evangelism because you have such a heart, such a conviction for people to come to Christ. And so that's going to tie into your passions as well. You know, I have such a conviction for the unreached people in the world. And so when my passion is to go to Bangladesh, to go to India, to go to Lebanon, to go to Uganda, because I know they aren't getting to hear that. And I don't have, I love it here and I love people here. You know, but I don't get as much of that passion charged as when I'm sharing with a group of people who are really impoverished or have very few people to tell them to teach them. Right. And then you have, you know, and then you have the missionary who only serves the actors and actresses in Hollywood or in Bollywood. And you're like, wow, it's so amazing. God's got it all covered. (laughs) As long as we're all stepping fully into who we are in Christ, he's got it all covered. He's got every person in the world being ministered to by those who he's created to go and who he's called. And so I just encourage you again. And I hope that what this conversation is doing for you guys who are listening, I hope it's giving you the boldness and the courage to step into who you are instead of keep hiding, you know, hide that little light under a a bush. Oh no. You know, but the thing (laughs) is that a lot of times we hide because it's like, well, I haven't really seen anybody do what's in my heart to do, or I haven't, I don't really know anybody that's like me. That's okay. God made you. He knows you. He loves you. He knows all about you. He knows every thought, every passion, every desire. So just keep running everything back to him and say, is this what you want me to do? Show me, is this what you want me to do? Is that where you want me to go? Yeah. Keep praying. I mean, I, it was when I was really complaining to God that I wasn't getting to teach in group, you know, larger groups in China, which kind of makes sense. But I was whining a bit in the bus about it when he just said, spoke into my heart and said, you write your life story and I'll bring the people, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. so share with them, tell them what, I mean, he knows your passions already, but if you're frustrated because you're not, you feel like you're not getting to use them, Lord, or help open my eyes. Maybe there's already, you've had opportunities come, but you haven't recognized them or out of fear. So I love how you started this. I just want to comment on that again. You started with talking about our identity in Christ. And if we don't know who we are in Christ, then we're going to have trouble living out those passions or 
we're going to live out those passions for self-centered reasons. Right. You know, I mean, I, I could be an international speaker just to make money and right. talk about leadership, for example, but that's not a God-given calling. We haven't mentioned right. that word because my motivation in that would not be, not that that is wrong, but for me, that would be a wrong motivation. And so we need to really have our heart right. And once God brought me to that place, what you were talking about of knowing who I am in Christ, knowing I'm a daughter of the King of Kings and I'm a bride of Christ and I'm utterly loved that, you know, all these wonderful things I'm fearfully, wonderfully made, then it, it made me desire to have God be the center of those passions because my initial passion was to go to the Olympics. You know, uh-huh. that was driven by self-centered to feel good, to feel like somebody could notice me for something beyond my cleft palate, you know. Uh-huh. But now I know God notices me every second of the day and it's adores right. me. And so I don't stand in front of a thousand people so people will notice me right? That could have been turned into a really self-centered reason. But instead, it's like, wow, I want you to know this God. I want you to be able to feel the way I feel when we know how he sees us. Right. Absolutely. I like the analogy of the straw. So a lot of us as Christians, we feel like we're supposed to be the glass or we're supposed to be the water in the glass, Mm -hmm. but actually we're supposed to be the straw And we're just supposed to be submerged in Jesus all the time so that when people suck on our lives, it's Jesus they get. And we don't have to come up with it. And in fact, if we move our straw over into ourselves or if we move our straw over into power or money or whatever it is that we're chasing, even parenting our children, whatever it is that we're chasing and trying to do without God, then we run out of gas. We don't have anything in our glass anymore. Sometimes what they get when they suck on our lives is just toxic. (laughs) (laughs) So keeping ourselves submerged in Christ is actually the way to experience the fullness of life that he designed for us to have. And he has, he has so much ahead for each of you that he wants you to experience with him. And he just loves you so much, just the way you are. So I just encourage you, believe it, receive it, embrace it and live it out and share it. Yeah. You know, the apostle Paul we think of him like, whoa, he's an amazing dude, right? He could, I don't know. I mean, we right. memorize his words, right? They shape right. our lives. It's insane right. how much he has done, the writings of the epistles. Yeah. and But this one verse that I often go to, Marnie, when I read it, you'll probably like, yeah, I've gone to that. Before I speak is in First Corinthians 2. And at that time, Paul was feeling like they were all looking down at him. You know, he, he wasn't eloquent and, you know, he wasn't philosophical in the way that he spoke, which is the kind of speakers they wanted. And he, they think he was probably short and had terrible eyes and all this stuff. Maybe he's bald. I don't know, but whatever. (laughs) Um, They, they didn't think he fit the, uh, you know, your speakers. (laughs) Right. Major, what is it called? <laughs> Women's speaker directory. Women's speaker <laughs> directory. I'm sure yours do, but yeah. And so he says, For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified, which is what you're talking about. I came to you in weakness and fear with much trembling. So that's always encouraging y'all to know that if you're 
feel like God's telling you to do something, but you're terrified. Do you realize normal winning in the camp of the apostle Paul? That encourages me. But my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on my wisdom, on people's wisdom, but on God's power. And so I read that every time before I speak, even if I'm not afraid, just to remind me that this has, I have to let the Spirit work through me. So whether you're in the nursery changing diapers with little kids, you know, or you're driving a truck and, and doing deliveries, you know, and going, I love how my, my brother now he drives for UPS and they, they love, he does the thing where he goes to the stores and pick up boxes. They can't wait for my brother to come because he's so kind and friendly and how are you today and makes him feel good. Right. right. So, so, you know, whatever you're doing, you can do it in the power of the spirit to bring glory right. to God and to minister to people, right? Mm-hmm. And, and nothing is too insignificant. God can use all of us. Yeah. I love that you said changing diapers. And that's actually where God taught me how to how to serve was I was changing my baby's diapers. And I had gone from being a award-winning sales manager and all that kind of stuff, big accolades. And I was home full-time with my first child and I was changing his diaper one day and I was like, God, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. And he says, well, if you can change a diaper with me, Marnie, then you can do anything with me. And I thought, well, then I'm just going to change diapers with you. That's what I want to do. You know, so I think that he's really looking for the heart that isn't so all about me and isn't so all about the accolades, but it's just like, what do you need me to do? What did you create me to do? Yes. That's what I want to do. And do it for him, you know, yeah. in his glory. And with that, all your might. <laughs> yeah, with all your might. And that really helps because, you know, whatever we do, sometimes it doesn't work out. So true. I mean, everything you're doing, there's going to be times where it's not going well. It's mm-hmm. just, that's just how it is. And sometimes we can think, oh, if I'm operating out of my God-given passions and doing what God has called me to do, then all this is going to have a lot of fruit. It's just not true, you know, for lots of different reasons. But you can walk away from that knowing that if you did it for God, if your heart was right in that, then you know that he received glory. And that really helps because maybe... You know, you went out, bit the bullet, got cold, you know, bold and went on some mission trip and no one wanted to receive Christ from you. It was that a waste of people's money that supported you. Absolutely not. God, you were obedient to him. God had a purpose, a calling, and he wanted you there probably for you in that case to help grow you. Or you might have planted seeds that you'll never know. But regardless God was happy. So when I have those moments, I get in the car after and go, well, I'm really glad, Lord, that you smiled. (laughs) So that's okay. I'm glad that, you know, that that delighted your heart. So that that can help. 
I like to, I like to check in with God every night before I go to bed and just say, how is it with me today or with us today? Sometimes he says, good, well done, go to sleep. And other times he's like, well, there's a couple of things we need to talk about. But if we just keep checking in with God, you know, he knows what he created us to do. And if we're on track or off track. And when you were talking about the fruit too, I was thinking, expand your, expand your definition of fruit to include the fruit of the spirit. Because even if the, the program that you put on or the mission trip you went on didn't turn out the way you expected. And honestly, you guys, hardly anything ever does turn out the way we expect. But uh, did did you have some growth? Did you experience more patience, more long suffering, more grace, more peace, more faithfulness as a result of it? And you'll find that there is almost always fruit when we're obedient with God. It just isn't sometimes the fruit we want. <laughs> yeah, and you and you just don't know what's going on. You, you don't know. know. Going back, you to don't the know. Paul, I don't think he was sitting around and and able to talk about all the, the, you know, tons of churches he, he built all over the nations because half of them were like falling away or, (laughs) you know, fell into heresy or never received them in the first place. But somehow in the grace of God, they all ended up growing. I mean, through others, all it takes is that one person, I mean, one person shared with me in high school on the hockey field and you now and now there's people listening to the gospel all over the world and if you could be that person that shares with your child pours your heart into that child talking about Jesus loving i mean i just lost my mom but the big one of the biggest losses for me is my prayer warrior yeah. you know because she just prayed every day yeah. and i had a conference or anything she prayed throughout the day and i'm like oh lord where's my you know i have other prayer warriors <laughs> but not like mom uh, so so you could be that mom that is inspiring or a grandma for that matter that's inspiring that child mm-hmm. and so you don't know what god's going to bring out of your life but what you do know is you want to discover what are God your God-given passions and then live according to the priorities of God, according to his will, living in your identity and who you are in Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Aren't I doing good summarizing this in one, one sentence? Um, <laughs> yeah, so this is great. Do you have any other, before you share with us some things that whatever you want us to learn about your, you know, how we can get in touch with you and whatnot, Any other final words that you want to say on this topic of God-given passions? Well, I think my favorite Bible verse, and I love them all, but my favorite one is 2 Corinthians 9, 8 in the NIV that says, but God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having everything you need, you may abound in every good work. And I love that verse because it's specifically written to me that God's going to take what he built into me when he strung me together, he's going to take all of this Marnie and he's going to make a way for me to complete all of the work that he set aside in advance for me to do. And I don't have to worry about what anybody else is doing. All I have to do is just every day, just go to Jesus. What do you want me to do today? And in fact, I have kind of a fun job description, uh, Sue. It's just for fun. Can I tell you what it is? Yeah, please. Okay. I am the personal assistant to the king of the universe, and I sit with him in private consultation each morning and get my directions for the day, and then I go run his errands all day long while he provides all the resources, the pay is great, and the retirement plan is just out of this world. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, you know, we that's really we're just here for his glory. And the thing is that everything that he built into us wants to do it. It is not it is not how he built us that doesn't want to do it. It's the fallen self that is giving you any grief at all. And you'll find that the sooner you embrace this way that you are built, the passions that he put inside you, the godly passions, and you just pursue those with all your heart, with all your passion, you are going to experience so much more joy and freedom and actually results in your life. I think it'll be breathtaking. And I think that this has been a really fun conversation to kind of dive into this whole concept. Yeah. And y'all don't be discouraged if you might be sure, Marty, you've had these seasons. You mentioned when you're going through a really rough season, you may have a great loss that is going on or struggling in depression, things from your past coming up. Be patient with yourself. God is patient and you work on those things. We've had different episodes about that, but yeah, get that help and, and support and, you know, you don't have to feel guilty that you can't run out there and operate and all your God-given passions, you know. So there's seasons, right? Uh yeah, absolutely. Solomon absolutely talked about that. So. But I like to I like to remember that God doesn't have really seasons of ups yeah. and downs like we do. He's always stable. So yep. whether I'm up or whether I'm down, I can count on that. God is faithful. Yes. Yeah. He's not checking off a list. Did you get much done today for me? You know, like just, just love him and and receive and, and that's all I got to check off. (laughs) Okay. So how do we find you? You mentioned a website, right? Yeah. Well, my website is marnie.com, which is just really easy. My name, M-A-R-N-I-E.com. And I've got a lot of free materials over there, resources for you. In fact, on the front page, you'll be able to find and download for free the how to say yes to God every single time. Uh, this is my motto for 2022. And then also a praise, a seven day praise challenge, which is one of the ways that we can move closer to the heart of God is by focusing for seven days on praising him. And a lot of times we focus on asking for stuff and this seven days will be for praising. And then there's also a mentorship program there. If you are a woman speaker or you need a Christian woman speaker, you can check out womenspeakers.com. And that's where that's the largest online connecting place for Christian women speakers and planners in the whole world. And I would just love to meet you over there. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Marnie. And y'all, if you have questions or you, you know, just send in whatever you want on our review page there or to crownofbeautyinternational.com. And yeah, we love all you guys. We are so appreciative of you following us and it's been a growing podcast. We're in the top 5% now. Woohoo! And moving Woo. forward. So great <laughs> God for that. And pray, you know, spread the word because it's obviously, as you know today from this message, that it's really encouraging. You've been so encouraging, Marnie. Boy, we really appreciate you. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Sue. Such a delight to be here. All right. Have a great week, y'all. Thank you for being a part of our community and tuning in. We would love to hear from you. Submit your own questions or comment on today's episode on the Crown of Beauty International Facebook group or email us at crownofbeautyinternational at gmail.com. Push that subscribe button and leave us a review. Come back next Thursday as we go deeper into his heartbeat.